Hey guys, welcome back to the Rage Rowdy Podcast. Um, we're here with today with Jacob, and you were just listening to Frank Vieira's Fill It Up, which should probably be on your country concert tailgate playlist this summer. Great song. Uh, he's just releasing to radio, so make sure you give that a, a follow and a listen and download it to some of your playlists. So today, we are talking about some things that we touched on through our first podcast, but kind of didn't explain enough. We started talking about some acronyms and some things that we haven't talked about, and we decided that we probably should go back and explain all those things to you for people that don't know exactly what we're talking about. So we're sitting down here with today. It's me, Nick, Nicky T, and Jacob. Hi, everybody. Uh, and just uh, if you don't know who Nick is, you actually do. He's the... Uh, He's probably uh, the, well, not probably, he is the face of the brand, um, and he's the one that if you have interacted with us, you have interacted with him. Um, I will be in and out of things, but Nick is uh, the man around town. So uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to kind of share the story of Raised Rowdy. Um, And I think a a good starting point for this story is uh, getting a little uh, background on Nick uh, where he comes from, uh, some of his uh, love for country music, and you know how that kind of transitioned into um, the early stages of what is Ray's Rowdy. So, Nick, uh, if you want to go into a little bit of your personal history. Yeah, so I was born and raised in rural area of Pennsylvania, um, close to the West Virginia border uh, between, I'd say about between Morgantown, West Virginia, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I grew up um, went to school there through, uh, grade school and high school. And then I went away for college and, uh, um, background in terms of country music, like my dad was basically our, my primary source for country music. So I'm one of four boys, five total kids growing up in our house. And at any moment of any day, my dad was working shift work and you could hear blaring country radio, nineties country, um, coming through, to kind of drown out the four boys rumbling around the house, causing chaos and nonsense. So that was where I first got my first intro to country music there. And then of course, all kinds of different musical elements from my brothers being the youngest of four, everyone had their own little niche of country music or of rock music, whatever they were into. So we we got that kind of pinned down from there. So started going to country concerts more so after college, uh, previous to college. And then even after that, I had been in jobs where I'd worked most weekends and didn't have a lot of time to go to shows and was a little bit further out of the city or out of where most of the shows at that time were. So post that, when I got my day job that I still am currently at with some normal hours, I had uh, started branching out and going to more shows. From there, kind of developed a crew of friends uh, that I'd been going to shows with. And from there, just gaining more and more people that we were going to shows with over the years, some of those people have left the group. 
more people have joined the group. Some people have families and such, so they can't go to as many shows as they used to. But that's kind of where it came from there. So conceptually has derived today to become eventually raised rowdy. Uh, my group of friends that I've met and started going to the shows with in about the summer of 2009 or 2010. So this is when you made the transition from, you know, pretty serious country fan to all out obsessive every weekend tailgates concerts. This is when you began to transition into the Nikki T we know today. Is that, is that yeah. fair? Yeah. And I think it's the, you know, developed over time since then. So at that time we were mostly going to our bigger shows. Sure. We were going to the shows that were at the pavilion, the ones where you get the big tailgate for playing all the tailgate games, enjoying the music. Um, but all probably more of it being about the party even so sure, than the sure. music at that time. <laughs> so and life transition. Yeah. <laughs> so we had that. And then one of the defining defining moments of our crew and my crew that I consider to be my tightest knit country music crew, it's kind of the merging of two groups. So we had I'd met these great group of guys that had all been friends since college and uh, kind of infiltrated their their crew <laughs> and became really good friends with them. Some of my still best friends to this day. So uh, really lucky to have met all those guys and met, you know, the friends that I've met through there. So our one friend had been engaged and was getting ready to get married and uh, had asked me and said, hey, we went to this festival last year and we had a really good time. And uh, we were wondering if you wanted to go with us, you know, now that you're part of our crew here. And uh, that festival is called Country Concert in Fort Loramie, Ohio. So I was like, absolutely, man. I'd love to go with you guys. It ends up being over Fourth of July weekend every year, close to it, the weekend after. And uh, we went out there. And it's our crew friends, so all from the Pittsburgh area generally. And then we had met up with Jason's brother, and all of his crew friends that he'd been going to festivals and going to shows with and just been friends with since he was in high school or early college. So those two crews kind of met together. That's the same crews that had been there the previous year. So they had, uh, they had went from there and had like, you know, done basically the same thing that we were doing um, just a, pr- a year prior. And just, man, the fun that you have at your first festival and the amount of, the nonsense and just great music and drinking too many beers and <laughs> meeting new friends. And it, I feel left out. I, I, I never have had the, uh, the pleasure or, or the honor, if you will, of going to country concert, but I, I, I feel as though it's, it's in my future at, at some point in time. Um, especially with, uh, you and the rowdy crew, I'll definitely have to, uh, to make it out. It's something I feel like, uh, I'm missing out on the stories. Uh, some of them that will never be told on this podcast, uh, (laughs) are, are legendary. So, so from there, you know, this became kind of an, an annual exodus, right? This is, you know, what kind of got the steam going you know there's this big event that you know you do every year but it sounds like in between you guys were kind of you know uh, building bonds in between shows and you want to talk about how those conversations progressed yeah so basically after that year that was kind of a bachelor party like i said for our one friend so after that some of the friends that were able to go to that festival because it was you know a bachelor party in a one-time event 
weren't able to keep going in future years just due to responsibilities or changing in life, stuff like that. So I had gotten even closer with some of the people who were not necessarily in my first tier of things from that because it's strange when you go to a music festival, a multi-day music festival like that, specifically one where camping is involved, and you're just around these people for four days or three days or whatever it is. You really start to become more like family than you do like friends. And it's it's kind of hard to explain to people that haven't been to these types of festivals, but it's really easy once you're there, just having a bond with someone over music and over having fun. It just – it it hits you deeper than most friendship bonds in a shorter period of time. So it's, you start developing these friendships, you start keeping in touch. And we had a planning group where we were planning on like what to bring for the show, you know, what everybody was bringing tents, canopies, stuff like that, who was doing the food, what we were going to have. And that turned into kind of more of a, just a group text message. So it turned into us just amusing each other throughout the year. So we got to that point. I start becoming very close with, you know, our, like my other guys and just talking to each other daily or almost daily about life, you know, just talking about all the good stuff in life whenever we're planning on seeing each other again, um, you know, because we started going to more events than just that. So the guys would come back up and come to a show in my area. Sometimes we'd go down and visit in another area We'd actually meet up and start going to other areas in general where one of the other members was from. Our crew was from all over. So we had a, a big crew presence in Ohio because that's where that festival was. So we met a lot of great friends and still have a lot of great friends. People that, you know, I've been to their wedding, I feel like are part of my family almost at this point. And then we have people in North Carolina, Washington, D.C. area, you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, you know, Chicago, all over the place, Cincinnati wherever. So it's kind of developed from there. And, uh, we went from there and we started going back to this yearly. So when you start coming back, people start to see your campsite. If it's in the same place, they start to remember you, they start to come back. And when they remember you, you kind of want to up yourself the following year. Yeah. So we kind of build a reputation. So, Build a reputation for the guys that are, you know, just having fun, just trying to get everybody else to have fun. So we start coming up with ideas, things to bring, you know, things like you don't think about like a, maybe a special drink each person picks to bring to the, the festival or, you know, specific types of food that you could bring and maybe share with people. If you want to have people down for breakfast or just bring an extra food just to be a just good part of that more than just, hey, we're camping, we're here, we're going to the show. So yeah. You know, yeah. Make, make yourself kind of a show within the show. Yeah. So we've gotten from there, and through our group chat, the name The Rowdy Gentleman of Leisure came about. So we had been, I'd say this is probably 2011, maybe 2012, somewhere in between there, and someone had shot out, I think it was Dave, our friend Dave, a.k.a. The Handsome Stranger, uh, had <laughs> shot out the, uh, the thing Gentleman of Leisure, and we said, oh, that's good, but it's not quite exactly right. For it's not. Group. It's missing something. Yeah, there's something that we're missing in this. So we went from there, and we came to the Rowdy Gentleman of Leisure. And then from there, kind of just, man, it started rolling downhill. So we decided, hey, what if we got 
some product made up that says that stuff on it. So <laughs> our first things were koozies. So let's, what if we get koozies and we were always having these rowdy gentlemen of leisure koozies around. And then what if we, what if we started a Twitter just for our group, you know? <laughs> and I know I still have at least five first generation RGOL koozies. And, and just for reference, for those of you that did listen to episode one, uh, RGOL is the loving acronym, the, 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 the easy uh, name to go by for Rowdy Gentlemen of Leisure. So, um, but go into, I think the name is great, but the the logo you had put together yeah. is, is pretty iconic and, and it, I still, it still makes me laugh today. Yeah. So we had like kind of took, you know, what we had thought about and what we thought kind of represented our crew at that time. Right. And I think that name did a really good job, but in doing that and building this kind of without even knowing it, a brand kind of, we, we built, uh, what we did. So the first year when we first got to that first country concert, the thing that I was all over and was just all about was shotgunning beer. And I just always would ask people if they wanted to shotgun a beer. This wasn't just at this festival. This is just like my normal life. I would just walk up to my friends at the tailgate and be like, hey, you guys ready to shotgun a beer? And it kind of just devolved from there and became a thing. So everyone started doing it. Every time we'd see each other, we'd say, hey, you want to shotgun a beer? Hey, you want to shotgun a beer? Tuesday and, afternoon. Yeah. Hey, do you guys want to get on a video cast and shotgun beers <laughs> with each other while we're in different states? And I can't tell you the number of times that it actually had happened to do that. So we had went to a t-shirt company here that also had a design division here in the Pittsburgh area. And we kind of explained to them what we were doing. And we said, you know, we want a logo and, or something. We gave them a couple ideas. And man, the guy came back with this shotgun beer can, which is, it's a beer can. It's a white and red beer can, which is iconic to a beer based here out of Pittsburgh called Iron City. And it's those colors. And it, when you look at the can, we'll post a picture of it when we post this podcast, you'll be able to tell that it's a shotgun beer can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's got the, the classic mangled hole and yeah. the, the remnants uh, falling out. It's an iconic image for yeah. sure. So it's pretty cool. And we, we made those, started making those in t-shirts. So our first t-shirts we made were camo t-shirts. And then we made a different kind of camo t-shirt. And then we started making tank tops and things like that. I think that so, was my first one. Yeah. the tank tops. Sure. So we, uh, we kind of had the, and again, we weren't selling these. These are just things that we made for our crew friends. So it was an email. 12. It was yeah. like, Hey, hey where's your 12 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> we're getting a shirt made. Hey, we're making these. We, we need, we need a hundred bucks to get this, <laughs> to get this logo made. And then we need, you know, X amount per shirt for whatever we're making. And it was just me being the project manager of tracking everyone's money down and keeping it on an Excel spreadsheet for who owed still and who didn't know. And then only when we got everyone's money did we pay for it. So if you want the if you want your shirt by country concert, pay up. Yeah. <laughs> Send me your money via check, PayPal, or money order. <laughs> so we had gone there from there. And then from there, people started noticing them and saying, Where do I get one of those? Where do I yeah, and it was, you know, people uh, locally, I mean, it would it would be, you're at a bar, and we've had, I know there have been, like, random people just walk up to you and say, you're a rowdy gentleman. You're, yeah. you know, it, 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 there was definitely some momentum, and I, I think what kind of tipped that it could be something 
beyond, you know, what was this great original crew was, um, you know, I am not a native to Pittsburgh. I grew up or I finished school in Virginia and I, Nick had seen the Cadillac three, uh, one of our favorites here at Ray's Drowdy, uh, probably a week prior. Uh, and you know, I knew he went and I knew he had given, I believe it was Jaron, one of, one of these Tennessee orange koozies. Yeah. Um, and I knew that he used it that night cause Nick had pictures and it was this awesome experience. And that was when, one of probably one of the first times you met them. So that was actually, on. yeah, that was the, the second time we met them, yeah. but it was a, at a festival that they were playing well at the big venue. So they were playing the big venue the time before we had met them and we'd actually given them koozies before. Too. Yeah. Um, we gave the whole band koozies and it was just kind of our thing. We always carried around with yeah. us. Just yeah. for friends. Well, I mean, just pockets full of them. Yeah. <laughs> just just to give the friends, you know, to keep your beers cold. And to, you know, if we met new people, just just a friendly way of saying, hey, yeah. well, welcome to being our friend. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it was kind of a funny thing. It was, you know, I'd seen that picture with Jaron and Nick and the koozie. And then about a week, week or two later, um, I, I was on Facebook just, you know, casually browsing and all of a sudden somebody I've gone to high school with posted a picture from the Cadillac three concert in Virginia beach. I think it was. And there it is that, that Tennessee orange koozie sitting there right in his hand. And I was like, Hey Nick, you'll never guess where your koozie is right now. And I sit in that picture and, and that was kind of the tipping point of, at least in my mind, hey, you know, once again, this is great, but do you want to make koozies for free or do you, and do you want to keep this kind of a local, you know, group or do you want to try to make this community and make this thing into, you know, a brand and a business and, and I don't want to focus on business, but we, we really do strive to make it a community. So that was the tipping point for being just a, hey, you know, we're, we're having fun out here to, hey, let's make this a real thing. Let's give this a go. So um, and you know, my obsession for country music over these years had started just really developing. So I'd went from, this is, you know, pre Spotify. So this is when, when you wanted something, you had to go physically buy the whole album to just listen to it or to just listen to what it was ever on the radio. And it's developed to, Oh, you can search out music. So before you couldn't, it was so hard to search out new music and, and it was expensive to be able to listen just even one time to music. So my obsession with country music and finding new music had developed and had, I'd started just pushing new music that I'd heard. Once I had these platforms to find them, I started pushing new music that I'd heard to all my friends. And I'm telling them about all my favorite artists that they might not have heard yet. Or when a new album came out, I'd be telling them which ones of that week that I liked the best and what songs I liked off of which albums. So my friends had kind of said, listen, you need to do something with this dude. You need to, you have so much passion for this. You have so much information on it. You know, you just need to do something with it. Jacob's one of those people, but you know, there was a lot of my friends that were kind of pushing me in that direction and we just kind of didn't necessarily know exactly what we wanted to do and what I wanted to do. And Jacob came to me and said, listen, dude, if you're, if you're behind this and you, you are pushing for it, I'm down to do it with you. Which, yeah. And, uh, and, and, you know, I've got a little bit of a background in technology, but it was, you know, I, I've been friends with Nick for years, but it was also, uh, you know, I, 
you, uh, I wouldn't just sign on to do something that, you know, I wasn't personally passionate about, but I didn't think that, you know, Nick especially had a passion for and had a gift for. I mean, it's a combination of those things, but it's, you know, it's really, you know, you can be passionate and it, but to really see his drive and, and it's not just going and partying every night, but to go to local venues five nights a week sometimes maybe an exaggeration but it feels like that for sure um you know it's to this day it's i i have trouble meeting with him is because i got a show man um so that's why it was really an easy decision and an easy um you know an easy pitch to him was like hey man let's do something with this you know you don't want you don't want to you you can tell your friends for the rest of your life but let's tell more people and let's let's try to expand people's horizons on artists. Cause I, I think it, you do, you, you said it is, yeah, it's easier to find music, but it's uh, even easier when someone kind of guides your path. Yeah. And I think that's what you're able to do is, and we've got you and we've got a lot of like-minded people now that are yeah. really able to direct people in that direction if they're interested in, in country music and especially new artists. Yeah. So we've kind of, said what can we do like how can we help this community that we like so much right that we're so into and is so deeply a part of my life and we kind of identified that the showcasing of music um keeping things fun around it because really that's what our crew is about so like that's what my friendship crew and then therefore from there our raised rowdy crew has turned into it's about having a good time Right. Be it through silly things that we do online, like posting memes or just showing new music or when we're all at a tailgate, just making sure that everybody's having a really good time and is is getting fully into the music. So from there, we went and uh, kind of tried to think about what we want to do, like what what our name wants to be, what we want our representation to be, you know, and we wanted it, you know, the RGOL is obviously a great name for what it is. And, and I know the guys still, you know, you, you when yeah, you're with that crew, that's about. still your crew right. mean, and they still are, but it was, we wanted to make sure it was, you know, an inclusive name and, and it, it just didn't fit for the brand, I guess, but it, and Rowdy Gentleman is taken. Right. Online. So that was, <laughs> yeah. that was an easy, easy <laughs> decision. The domain is taken. But yeah. <laughs> I, I won't go that, down that path. But anyways, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we spitballed for, uh, I mean, weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. We were just, just trying to come up with things. It was texts. It was, hey, man, what do you think about this? And I don't know. I, I think we can do better. And yeah. I, I honestly don't remember the moment. And a lot of it was, hey, I've got a great idea. Plug it into GoDaddy and then uh, take it or it's yeah. $5,000 <laughs> right. or whatever. Um, and I, it, I think it was my wife, to be it honest. Uh, we were toying around with Rowdy and, you know, we wanted, you know, some kind of something where it was a community and, you know, and, and raised Rowdy just kind of hit. And we, the name was there, one, but two, yeah. it was – you know, we felt that kind of represented, you know, we do have, you know, a little bit of a fun streak, but, you know, we are about, you know, bringing each other up and bringing people along and, you know, kind of a family element to the whole thing. Yeah. Like country music more so than any other music community, in my opinion, is really become a family, right? And it's a lot of positive energy, people helping other people. And you see it in the I think it really comes down to the songwriting community 
where the you know it's not one songwriter you know writing that song every time it's two at least three usually three songwriters sometimes more writing together so it's kind of built on a community from there and then songwriter sessions so it's these groups of songwriters coming together to kind of go through their writers round you know put some of the songs out there to the world to see what people think and it's just kind of being the big family so when we heard raise rowdy i said man that just really fits because a Usually your love for country music a lot of times comes from your family. Sometimes you develop it yourself, but a lot of times someone in your family had passed that down onto you. And I think that's same to be true with a lot of music. Like I know for me, my brothers were big influences. My dad, of course, and my mom, just the things that they were listening to and the way they raised you, not just about the music, but about who those people were and who they made you turn into, who they helped you be. So I think it really just, when we heard it and we said it, we're like, man, that just fits really well. So we went from there and, uh, you know, de- developed gets, from there. It gets boring after that. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of paperwork. There's a, yeah. a lot of code. There's a lot of... A lot of uh, money. A lot of money. <laughs> a lot of uh, figuring out how to ship things, how to... And, but it's, you know... It, it, and that's kind of where we're at today is, you know, just kind of building the brand, figuring out um, how we can help build this community. I mean, a a focus early on was our calendar. um, And that's something we still hope to fulfill, you know, in the future, um, make it much more robust and make it a lot less dependent on Nick manually plugging in uh, concerts. Uh, It's been something that people have enjoyed. If you haven't check it out, Um, but we hope to make that much uh, more robust, but really it is, you know, we want to, uh, you know, we want to leverage Nick's knowledge and passion for the, for the music and and for the community, but also bring in like-minded people. I mean, that's, that's something that we're focused on now is, um, you know, we, we want content and we want to share that content and there are a lot of driven people that are around. So just building around that and, and really focusing on, you know, focusing our efforts on that. Yeah, we have already, you know, obtained a lot of just really motivated, dedicated people that are helping us move forward with this. And it's really been awesome to kind of develop it, yeah. really be a two-man show. And like content side, it was just me. It was the inside of my brain sure. for a while, yeah. <laughs> you know. So to go from there and just have people reach out to us or – you know, some people that we had already known, mm-hmm. some of the guys from the Rowdy Gentleman of Leisure, you know, th- that have came and said, hey, man, I'd like to help do interviews. Sure. And uh, it started with just getting connections with people. And it's it's so weird and so intertwined how it happens. But, you know, one of the first interviews we did and we if you look at our site, you'll see a lot of interviews. And the reason that is, is because we want to give you a little bit of a peek into some of the artists that we know. And we know that the you know there's a lot of content out there on country music, but a lot of it's about the same people. So if we could give you a little piece of the life and the raising and someone's musical background of a newer artist or someone that you might not know or maybe know but don't know a lot of information about, that's kind of what we're trying to do. And that's, again, what we're going to be getting into with this podcast. We're going to be doing episodes like this, like you hear today. We're explaining us and we're explaining our story. We're also going to be getting with some of the artists that you either might know or might not know a lot about, or maybe some artists you you know don't even know yet that 
are going to be coming onto the scene soon. Or industry guys. Yeah. Like song, yep. you know, songwriters that have been doing that for years or, or managers or, you know, just anybody that, um, you know, has a relevant viewpoint or perspective on, on artists. So, you know, we're excited to make that happen. Yeah. Some of the most influential people in country music don't sing country music, <laughs> you know, and they're, they're the guys that are out there finding the songs and pushing those to other it's people. A weird world, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the background of every business, every type of business. There's a background and those are the people that are, that are helping move that, that chain along and helping push and create the things that you're li- listening to and we're listening to. And their stories are just as interesting <laughs> yeah, sometimes as the artists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where we got from there. And uh, one of the things that we are, as we've developed this are just, we want to remain positive, right? We're not really trying to put anyone down. You know, there might be types of music or songs that we don't necessarily care for. But that's not what we're here to say. We're here to promote the music that we do care for. You know, we're here to to kind of shine a light on the great artists that you might not know of. You know, and there's some artists that we absolutely love that we're not necessarily focusing on as much because we realize those artists already are the biggest in the game. They don't need Ray's Rowdy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, where we're at, the, the type of player that we're, we are – we can do a service to some of these people in the community and some people that aren't getting the press that aren't getting the radio play, but are just creating great music, man. Super talented. Just super talented. And just, you know, it's, there's only so many record contracts out there. There's only, there's only so many publishing deals even, you know? So it's just some of these artists that are out there bleeding their heart onto pen and paper and in the song and in the lyric and, and they're just, you know, not getting a lot of love outside of national and playing or shows every night. I yeah, mean, that's exactly. The, it's 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 the music and the 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 toll of touring and doing yeah. all that that you know don't doesn't get a lot of respect. Yeah, outside you, of those big contracts. If you're, if you're doing your own tour, you know, it's not because you're making money doing it. A lot of times, it's because you're trying to get your music out there to the yeah. people. Absolutely. And uh, we're also talking about guys like Texas country, right? Red Dirt music stuff that isn't necessarily the mainstream of Nashville country, but we think has so much value and we want to help get some of that to people that maybe just listen to stuff that's on the radio and just listen to, to the mainstream stuff. And we kind of want to be a representation for the kind of fans that we are. Our popular slogan, or one that we've had so far is our front row or don't go. And that's just really comes down to just our crew. And then our friends that we've met from there just, we want to be in the pit, yeah. you know, we're we the guys that show up early, you know, yeah. we tailgate hard and yeah. then we go in early. Absolutely. And uh, we want to be the ones that are in the front row, you know, hanging out, it's basically turning the stadium show into a club show because yeah. you're so close. And and we'll have a few podcasts on, on those stories too. I think yeah. I, I, it, it won't be, the, the interviews are awesome and, and we're very gracious when, you know, artists, uh, you know, are able to give us their time, but we also want to bring in some of the fun too. So we're hoping for this thing to be kind of a mixed bag and, um, you know, kind of give you something a little different every week, you know, with, with some consistency, but um, you know, we're excited to do this podcast where we think it'll be really valuable, um, you know, to, to spreading the message and and connecting with people. And um, we're hoping to get out into different mediums and um, you know, we're, we're really excited about some of the things to come. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for being with us on our second episode here. And uh, we're looking forward to getting you guys more stuff. 
good time.